Welcome back to our Big City Catholics podcast, our Diocesan podcast with Bishop Robert Brennan, the Diocesan Bishop of Brooklyn, myself, Father Christopher Henu, the rector of the Co-Cathedral of St. Joseph. This is our Christmas edition of our podcast, and we wanted to begin in prayer, the collect, the opening prayer of the Mass on Christmas at midnight, midnight Mass beautiful prayer that we can read together and that you'll be able to hear again on Christmas at Midnight Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who have made this most sacred night radiant with the splendor of the true light, grant, we pray, that we who have known the mysteries of his light on earth may also delight in his gladness in heaven, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit. God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Bishop, you know, we're getting ready for Christmas. You've mentioned this a few times during this Advent season that we're very lucky to have four full weeks. And I really appreciate that now more than ever because it has. I remember saying Advent was flying by and you said, just wait. You're gonna, there's going to be time for prayer. There's going to be time to get all of that stuff done. And uh, It's like right now, and especially this week, we have this full week. We did the fourth Sunday of Advent earlier, you know, this past Sunday. And now we're in these days, we have a full week. And things do change. Uh, you know, first of all, liturgically, they change mm-hmm. radically. Mm-hmm. All, all the readings on the, beginning on the 17th yep. uh, turn our eyes, as I say, to Bethlehem. Yeah. But the other thing that happens is that just on a secular level, the world seems to slow down. It seems like all the so-called holiday parties yes. take place in the beginning of December. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now we're in that week in which Christmas will occur, and a lot of the events have quieted down. The busyness of everyday life, it's probably busy in some ways, but we have more days That's right. to do it. And it is a great opportunity now to let the power of the liturgy, the power of the Christmas narratives in the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke, or even the prologue of John's Gospel, which we proclaim on Christmas Day. All these beautiful images that help draw us closer to the mystery of Jesus' birth. Yeah, I think this Advent season, for me personally, here at the Co-Cathedral, we've been running these Sunday night Vesper services. Each and every Sunday, we've invited a different bishop to come for the solemn Vespers. And Vespers, for those who don't know, is just a fancy way of just saying the evening prayer of the church. So we, we were able to pray these Sunday Vespers, which actually Father Bruno was saying to me is in the Vatican Second Vatican Council documents, Sacrosanctum Concilium, that, that there's a desire from the Second Vatican Council that parishes do have the opportunity for parishioners to participate in in Vesper services each and every Sunday, not just the Sundays of Advent, but each and every Sunday. We started with Bishop DiMarzio and then Bishop Cisneros, Bishop Vitol, and then the fourth Sunday, just this past Sunday yourself, you came and presided at our Vesper service and you brought along your... The seminarians. Uh, seminarians. The seminarians from all of the institutions, the different seminaries, college level, major seminary, they all came together. There's an, a, a custom. I remember when I was a seminarian that the bishop would invite the seminarian sometime around Christmas for dinner to celebrate the Feast of Christmas. That continues. We haven't had it now for a couple of years. In fact, last year I was so convinced I was brand new. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember you and I talked about this, that I really wanted to have this. I remember. And 
definitely I wanted to have it. And we even made plans to have it here. So that there could be social distancing, Exactly, so we could spread out a little bit. And yet a good number of guys on two, three days before were exposed. And at that time it was the beginning of that Omicron outbreak and people didn't know and you couldn't get tests. That's right. It was just chaotic. And so I finally had to give in and say, I guess we can't have it. We can't bring people together just before Christmas. It was all the more meaningful to be able to do that this year. And it was great. It was good to be together with everybody. Yeah, it looked like uh, I saw some photos that uh, were posted on our Vocations, Diocese of Brooklyn Vocations Facebook page. And I think Father Bethry even posted a video of our seminarians, the neocatechumen, and singing a medley of Christmas songs. And that was great. I mean, it's always nice to gather for dinner, but there is something about the Christmas carols that touched the hearts of us all and that made it very, very festive. And they did it with a lot of spirit. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. We had Christmas carols also sung at our Christmas tree lighting. So this is both what we're saying is these full four weeks um, have allowed you to get a lot done, a lot in. We've done right? those. And now we have a little bit of time for prayer. So yes, exactly. last week we lit the tree over at Grand Army Plaza, and we have a manger scene set up there, I believe. On on the other side of the street, there's a menorah set up, so it shows respect. But I think that's a great thing to have a public display. The reason for our joy. We're not just, you know, deck the halls and fa-la-la-la-la because everything's okay, because everything's not okay. But there's a deeper reality that God has come to live among us, that God shares our human nature, that God came on earth precisely to die. He wouldn't die as God, but he became human to save us from that very reality of death. And if you stop and think about it, this can make us immensely joyful. And this is really the answer to every human longing. And so the way we celebrate Christmas is proclaiming to the world that we do have some good news in the midst of everything else, and we're, th- we're thrilled to proclaim it. So what we're doing at Grand Army Plaza is shining forth for the whole world. Yeah, the crossroads of, of... Yes, I mean how I so made a windy. joke, I could hear the hon- <laughs> horns honking and the yeah. traffic going by, but that's the whole point. Christ is in the midst of the city. That's right. He yeah. comes in the midst of the city. There's this sort of silence, this peacefulness right in the midst of all of this chaos. Rush hour chaos. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And we have something to proclaim. I, over the weekend, too, had some other great experiences. So a quarter of my family heritage would be of the Czech descendancy, uh, Bohemia. So my paternal grandmother, her parents, both are of Czech origin. My one great-grandfather was born in, was called Bohemia, it's a town called Dobe Shovice. And I got to visit there. I went to Prague. It's about oh, wow. 45 minutes out of Prague. This goes back a couple of years over Bishop Anjay. But I got to see the church where my great-grandfather was baptized. We went over the cemetery. A couple of generations came with them when they emigrated. Sure. So there was nobody really of close link to my family. But we went over and visited. But I got to go to Mount Carmel, Our Lady of Mount Carmel in Astoria, where we have, I think, the last remaining Czech mass on right? the East Coast. At least that's what they tell me. They're, they're guessing. Certainly in the tri-state area, there's a Slovak mass in New York City, but an actual Czech mass right there wow. in Astoria. Again, the world is in Brooklyn. That's right. The world is in Brooklyn. Yeah. So it's a small group, but a steady group. Father Anthony, 
he's over full-time at Queen of Martyrs in Forest Hills, but he comes every Sunday to do this Mass. And it's something I wanted to do. It was great because I, I told the people, my grandmother was born here, so I'm not as up-to-date on all the customs and all the culture. What I remember is the food. <laughs> <laughs> my grandmother made the food, and people brought cookies, and I said, those are the cookies she used to make. That's exactly it. <laughs> So I learned a little bit. So these days are privilege days, these day, Sundays in Advent, the privilege days for the liturgy. They they have the Rorate prayers, which mm-hmm. comes from that prophecy of Isaiah, come down from the heavens, O Lord, and then let from the earth spring forth a Savior. And so these Rorate crying out to come down from the heavens, sure. O Lord, becomes integrated into their prayers, and they have special hymns and songs that go back to the 16th and 17th century. Wow. And so there's a rich, rich, deep-rooted heritage. And, and the hymns that they use at Mass, too, it's kind of weaved into the Mass parts. It's, it's, it's really, to me, a very eye-opening but very, very beautiful. Sure. Uh, you know? And, you know, one of the things that makes it so powerful is the people there would tell me, I knew this already, but the Czech Republic is probably one of the most atheistic places Mm. in the world. There was a strong anti-religious, anti-Catholic experience there. You go back to the Hussites, John Huss. Yeah, yeah. Strong, strong, deep-rooted hatred. King Wenceslaus, Mm -hmm. good King Wenceslaus, Mm -hmm. who we sing out on, uh, (laughs) looked out on the Feast of Stephen. His feast is in September, but he was murdered by his own brother for becoming a Catholic. So there's there are strong dissident roots there, but then the experience of communism. Exactly. One of the more recent cardinals was a priest, a bishop who spent time in jail. That's right. For his faith, Cardinal Duda. So the people who do celebrate their faith out of that Czech heritage, they do it. Do so, yeah, with great as devotion. a light in the darkness. That's right. Yeah, they shine forth. We'll be talking a little more about light in the darkness, and that they continue to be a light for us. Yeah. Yep, hearing a story, but people come from all over. So that was fun, and I, I got to understand a little bit more of the customs, if you will, around sure. the celebration of Christmas. And I happened to be there, but they already, they, they gather for coffee every Sunday after their Mass, but they had the singing of the carols. Oh, wonderful. And I guess that's almost like a universal experience, yeah. right? Yeah, The singing of the carols, but the special Czech carols, and then they added in Deste Fidelis, nice. Come All Ye Faithful. nice. And did they wear their traditional garb? Something? No, oh, okay. no, no. Okay. It's, again, it's just, it's, these are people in our community. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no no traditional garb. Uh, I, I was uh, blessed to spend some time at Our Lady of Mount Carmel as a deacon and with Monsignor Sean Ogle, who was right. the pastor there at the time. And uh, of that Czech community, there's a family that that Easter vigil that I was assigned there, I, I sang the Exultet. This gentleman, the father of this family, he must have been in his 80s at the time. He's since passed away. But they were just so filled with the Easter joy. I remember just how excited they were. And it was, the, it was this particular Czech family. It was the ones of the Czech community that were there. And, and it just speaks to what you're saying. They are this light in the darkness because of how they've had to live their faith as a sign of true authentic joy in the midst of, of a world and a society that in which they've come from. And, and not just because of interviews, but a society that became very dark and yeah. very uh, foreboding. Yeah. Yeah. 
On Saturday, I was with the Hispanic community. We had a retreat day. This was more about Eucharistic revival. It was over at St. Peter and Paul in Williamsburg. I participated in their procession, the Eucharistic holy hour and procession, and then I was there for Mass. So I kind of touched base with some of the customs in the Hispanic world, which we're more familiar with certainly here, and we talked a lot about some of the different things. So uh, I know a number of parishes are celebrating the Posadas. Yes. Have you ever had that experience? There's a unique way of looking at it. We have a, a priest here now assigned to the co-cathedral from Colombia, and so he arrived in our Spanish faithful here, the Hispanic sites. Father, can we do the Posadas here for Christmas? And he had no idea what the Posadas were. That's more Mexican. It's more of a Mexican kind of... Columbia is more South America. That's right. right. And so it, for him, it's a great experience, too, because we're both, he and I, obviously, you know, are experiencing this great devotion, this great kind of uh, traditional devotion of a different group of Hispanics, of Latinos. So no, only experiencing it, Holy Child, Jesus, and, and now we are going to do something here for it as well. That's great. But I remember when I was in Long Beach, we celebrated it. So there, they would, for the first 15, 16 days of December... They would do the posadas. They would go. They would go to people's homes. Some of our larger parishes here do everything at the church. But the, the idea of the posadas is going to people's home, which is a great yeah. moment of evangelization right. because they didn't just go to the people who were there all the time, but to the whole community and groups. The different groups would gather in people's homes, and you had the reenactment, if you will of the scene in Bethlehem. So there's this whole dialogue back and forth, knocking at the door. That's right. So the the outside group is acting as Joseph and Mary saying, oh, please, can we have some posada? Can we please have some some shelter? Mm -hmm. We need shelter. And the people on the inside calling out saying, there's no room. (laughs) And then it goes back and forth. And finally, there's the open the door. And then there's just this grand celebration. That's right. You know, come on in. And there's the, the joy. Yeah, the joy of preparing for Christmas. And this isn't rushing the season because this is really marking the journey of Mary and Joseph. Yeah, I remember in Long Beach, a lot of people had these statues of Joseph leading a donkey with an expecting Mary riding on the donkey. And a lot of people would carry that and they'd carry uh, an image of the baby. That was, oh, very important. But then on the 16th in Long Beach, they turned to the novenas, the novenas. In Spanish, it's novenas. So that was a combination of prayer, but they also set up the nativity scene, a large setup. And it was really centered around the children. And then the villancincos, the the carols. And some of them are just an awful lot of fun. You have experienced much more of it than I have, you know, in... At Holy Child, they did do parishioner gatherings in their homes, but here, a little more difficult in this area. A lot of of our parishioners live in apartments that, you know, to try to host all these people, it's almost impossible. So we do, we're going to do it just one night in preparation before Christmas here at the Co-Cathedral with a procession to St. Teresa. And on the way, we're going to stop at different homes. Like outside kind of, the yes, just, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like stations exactly. along the way. That sounds like a lot of fun, too. Yeah. But the carols are just, a lot of the Spanish carols are a lot of fun. Everybody seems to know about, uh, you know, I'm, uh, con mi burrito sabanero. You know, on my donkey, I ride to Bethlehem. <laughs> See, maybe. <man. laughs> 
There's some fun songs. Maybe we'll put that one in as the ending, uh, the end song of our (laughs) podcast today. On my donkey, I ride. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever? You've heard that song? I've no, I know. I feel like I've I'm totally inept for this conversation. I I don't know it. No, I'm gonna. No, I'm not singing. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll put it on my my Apple Music afterwards. Yes. So those are some of of the customs. We'll talk next week a little bit about New Year's Day, but of course, the Haitian celebrations lead into Flag Day. We all know the Italian seven fishes. Last year, my first Christmas here, Bishop DiMarzio was got food delivered actually from uh, generosity of, of a restaurant in Coney Island, Gargiulo's, and they brought all of the fishes for oh, us yeah. to eat, and it was... And uh, I said, this is a new experience for me. I mean, I called my mother. I had to FaceTime her just to prove that I was actually doing it. She had no idea what I was talking about. I said, we're eating all the fishes here. Well, speaking of your mother, tell me a little bit about Ireland. Yes. So, well, my mother's very happy to be uh, quoted in this week's edition of the tablet. You know, over the last few weeks, they've been putting a really cool uh, segment about this multicultural aspect of our diocese. As you said, every culture is represented here in our diocese. She was interviewed by our reporter there, Paula Katinas, about the Irish traditions. I was there when she was being interviewed over the phone and hearing her talk about how her family came together to make this Christmas pudding. And she was one of 13. They, she said they all had to hold the spoon at one, you know, I guess as they were at a certain age, you know, when they get older, they were probably out of the house. But, and they all had to stir the pudding in preparation for it, for it to bake together. They had to, they all had to hold this big wooden spoon and stir it together as a family. I thought, now, I don't know if that's what every family did, just her family, but what a cool experience. And just listening to her traditions in her, her home, things that I've never even asked her, but I know my, my mother, she brings a lot of that flavor from her youth to our home, you know. So she still makes the Christmas pudding Pudding. every year. She makes the, she really reenacts the Christmas experience of her Irish traditions in our home. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. She was talking also about placing holly around the house, a single candle in the windowsill. That's an Irish custom that I remember. And and that's a sign of welcome. Yeah. That's, That's a sign of saying to the Holy Family, you're welcome in this household. Yeah. I know you're looking for a place. You're looking for shelter. Mm-hmm. The Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we put a candle in the window to welcome you here. And so, however, all of our parishioners of the diocese in this big city celebrate Christmas, we're certainly unified in celebrating the joy of the birth of Christ this Christmas. Well, I hope people had a chance to look at uh, the tablet over the course of these weeks to see how the Christmas is celebrated in all the various different cultures here and uh, look forward to many years of celebrating all the different cultures. Yeah. I know some of them are still to come. Filipino, Santo Nino, I did that last year. That's right. And, and they, they have the Zimbanga Bee And the Zimbanga Bee, the novena, novena, the Filipino. When I was in Long Beach, we had a, a strong Filipino community. So there, too, that was the other uh, celebration. We, I, I do remember that everybody pitched into the church's nativity, and there was this big, colorful star. Yeah, the star, yeah. And, and That's that, their big, the symbol of right, that you always see, the right. huge star. Huge star. However you celebrate it, our prayer is that you do celebrate the the joy of Christmas, not deck the halls with boughs of holly, fa la 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 la, because as I said before, all is not well in the world. 
But that's precisely the world in which Jesus came to live. Mm -hmm. Jesus came to live among us to redeem this world that is messy, that sometimes is painful, that is sometimes shrouded in darkness. But he came to be the light, to lift the burdens, to walk with us along the way. A child is born for us, a son is given. Upon his shoulders, his dominion rests. So I look forward to being at St. James Cathedral for a midnight mass, and that will be televised on Net TV. I look forward to being at the Co-Cathedral on Christmas Day at 11 for the Mass of the Day. We look forward to a great octave of Christmas in the days to come. God bless you, and Merry Christmas. Thank you, Bishop. Merry Christmas to you. Would you like to give us your final blessing? May the Lord Jesus, who came to live among us as a light in the darkness, as Prince of Peace, to bear our infirmities, guide you and bless you with that deep inner joy of knowing the mystery of Emmanuel. God is with us. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. A very Merry Christmas to all, and to all, a good night. (laughs) 